there, you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. I am here with my co-host, Dr. Nick. What's up? (laughs) He had to switch it up. He always goes, hello, hello. So we're here today. Um, We actually had a request for us to talk about rheumatoid arthritis. And because we are in the month of talking all about inflammatory conditions, it actually worked out perfectly. But I think something important to establish is the the differences and the similarities between rheumatoid arthritis as well as psoriatic arthritis and even lupus at times because I think that we automatically think that everything is going to fit the textbook and we also think that everything is going to always be revealed through the conventional tests and unfortunately it doesn't always work out that way. And it leaves us really confused. It leaves us, you know, feeling like we don't really know what's going on and why we feel the way we do. And then we also feel powerless from an action standpoint because we don't know what we should be doing to get better, heal, and and function more optimally. Yep. (laughs) I think that's one of the biggest things that happens is that it's hard to take action if we don't have a a clear direction path uh, where we want to go. And unfortunately, it's like we're taught to things in life in black or white, and especially when it comes to the human body. Every human body is designed differently. Um, So nothing's going to be the same, even if it's, quote, unquote, the same diagnosis, which is literally just a description of symptoms. um, Your actual presentation is going to be different than mine. Well, and I think it's interesting you say that because this literally just happened a couple of days ago that we had a patient come into the office and she actually sent over her blood work um, from another physician and she was being tested for uh, rheumatoid arthritis. She was being tested for Lyme disease. She was being tested for lupus. And I was kind of like, what's going on that you're being tested for these things? And she's like, I'm, you know, just in a lot of pain. It's migrating. It's, you know, it's not the same joint every day. But the biggest thing that is consistent is my hands. And, you know, when you think of the hands and you read about rheumatoid arthritis, that is usually synergistic. But, you know, the way she was describing it, she was describing it more as a weakness, So this is really important to ask the right questions because when I think of rheumatoid arthritis and when you really look at, you know, some of the research and the typical manifestation, that's usually going to be more of this inflammatory condition in the hands that you almost can't really bend or or, um, move the hands properly. There's a lot of stiffness. There's a lot of swelling. You can't even wear rings anymore. And then, you know, sometimes there can be weakness, but when I hear of weakness, I start to think, is there something going on neurologically, number one? And number two, is there something else that's weakening the tissue, which technically is is lupus, which is another autoimmune condition? So um, her testing that she had through the other physician actually looked okay. There was a couple of markers that were borderline. So they pretty much said, well, you know, your pain is probably just due to you being a mom and picking up your kids and you're going to have to deal with it. Take Advil. And she really got upset about that being the 
option. So when she came in, we used some of our internal technologies, um, one of them being the bioresonance scan. And the bioresonance is really fascinating because it's looking down to the DNA level. So we're able to look at things before they fully manifest. So we can see things in the very manifest early. physically. Manifest physically. Or manifest on lab work. We're able to see the most subtle changes down to the cellular level that are kind of showing the direction that your body is going. And what showed up in her hands was actually lupus. And it made perfect sense for what she had going on because of the weakness. She's like, I literally can't open a jar anymore. She's like, it's breaking my heart that I have two small children and I'm trying to make them a, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I can't open a jar. So she's young. She was just really scared and really was even more scared that she didn't have an option to get better. And that's why she came to us. So it was really great to be able to give her answers rather quickly, but also to give her some options to start the healing process. And really what it came down to for this person specifically was a lot of her inflammatory joint issues that she was dealing with was partly neurological, and it was also partly uh, lack of lymphatic drainage. So Dr. Nick are gonna, and I are going to talk a little bit more about that. And because I actually on the in the car right here, I was asking him, I was like, what do you think is the biggest thing that you see attached to these inflammatory conditions of the joints and the body? And he was like, well, definitely lack of lymphatic drainage. So I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's I mean, when you look at pain, there's there's always an inflammation component to it. And inflammation's always should be pretty much. Uh, picked up through our lymph system or lymphatic system and then uh, excreted. And when that doesn't happen or when the lymph system gets backed up, that's when we have these symptoms of so-and-so called pain. Um, well, let's like <clears> – <throat> let me just clarify what a lymph system is. So when all of us get sick and all of this hurts in our neck, we – I'm saying all of this because we're partly on video. But for those <laughs> of you listening in your neck, um, when all of that gets really swollen because you, you know, you're sick and you have a fever – that's not just glands, that is also lymph nodes. So your lymph nodes are a huge part of your immune system, and they are part of scavenging out things that are bad for the body, if that is going to be toxins, infections, etc. So like Dr. Nick's saying is we have lymph everywhere. It's not just in your neck. So this is why it contributes to a lot of different areas. Yeah. So. I mean, it, like you said, we have lymph every single part of our body, but the the biggest concentrations are, you know, the tonsils and the neck and then in the groin um, and then a little more like in the armpits as it's traveling down. And then that's why it's like so important for females because they have a little bit more in the, the breast tissue as well. Um, but pretty much going back to, you know, arthritis in the hands, rheumatoid arthritis and you know, lupus even to an extent is that it's just an overabundance of of stress that the body can't handle. And the body doesn't really care what stress is. It doesn't perceive it. It doesn't judge that one stress is better than the other. Uh, it just sees stress is stress. And when it's too much, it gets pissed off. And then it has a symptom. And the symptoms, like, it's actually very beneficial because without that physical symptom, we wouldn't have any awareness that we're actually having these problems. And then instead of having an opportunity to make these changes, uh, it would just be like, boom, you're full on blown disease, you know, a week, a couple of weeks and see mm -hmm. you later. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's a very beneficial thing when you look at it that way that, you know, if we have a pain in our hands, you know, it's like, okay, like what is this trying to tell me? And once you get into the depths of it, 
you can be like, is this, you know, a lymphatic problem? Is this, uh, is there an infection in my hands? Is, is there an emotional problem? Is there meridians, energetic systems? Um, most people don't know, but we have uh, meridians in every single finger, uh, endpoints that run to different organ systems. So it's like you have to look at every single system and really see what's affecting it. Because even though a diagnosis is great, it gives you a lot of insight of it doesn't tell you why. It doesn't tell you doesn't tell you why. Um, and then we've been programmed that there's usually one why, mm-hmm. and that's I mean I just listed six different systems that are running through our mm-hmm. hands, and. It's usually never one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you're not allowed to go on a tangent right now because we're going to break down everything that you just said. Because mm-hmm. I think it's really important to give each of those avenues a, a little bit of attention to have people understand this this bigger picture. But if we, you know, if we kind of come back to the lymph conversation and even talking about the hands is. The lymphatic system is designed to help us get rid of things that are foreign to the body. So it helps us to get rid of toxins, infections, no matter what that infection is, it helps to remove those things. And even just regular metabolic die-off, you know, just the process of an old oh, cell yeah. and like that. So it's like it's So always... it's working very hard all the time. It's pretty much all the time. <laughs> all the time. But the really interesting thing is the way that the lymph um, patterns and ducts run in the body is somewhat similar to the vessels of the cardiovascular system. So when you have your lymph nodes, you know, when you think of that, when your lymph nodes get really swollen in your neck when you're sick, like if your lymph nodes get swollen in other parts of your body, it really becomes a roadblock. And it becomes a big roadblock for circulation as well. And one of the most common things I hear on a day-to-day basis is I have cold hands and feet or I have Raynaud's. Raynaud's is like the extreme version of having cold hands and feet to the point that your fingers are practically white with zero circulation. These are all signs that your lymphatic system is compromised. But the other really important factor is that, you know, and this is something that we talked about in our previous podcast is that this can also be a sign that your brain is also not getting enough blood flow and oxygen. Because if you think about it, your hands and your feet are farthest from your heart, but not only is your brain far from your heart, but secondary to that is your blood has to pump against gravity. So if you have cold hands and feet, chances are you're not getting proper oxygenation to the brain. And if you start to have imbalances in the neurological system, you can have what we call migrating pain or you can have phantom pain of I didn't do anything to my elbow. Why does it hurt? Or my elbow hurts today. My knee hurts tomorrow. And there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to the pain patterns. And then you're also potentially getting your blood work drawn and everything looks great. And this was a huge culprit for the woman that we were talking about earlier is, yes, she had this weakening of tissue in her hands, which I'm going to let Nick talk about the emotional piece there that was significant for her. But in addition, we found that because of her lymphatic system being so congested over time that she was having a lot of um, issues with the proper blood flow getting into the head and getting into the brain. She was having headaches. She didn't even mention that because she's like, this is my normal. I wake up with a headache every day. Um, and people don't really think that 
you know, it's how could a headache be connected to my hand pain? Exactly. You know? It's just exactly. Like, <clears throat> so, so that was really interesting. And she also then was like, after I was talking to her about this, I was saying, you know, part of this is your migrating pain is partly neurological because your brain is not essentially getting the oxygen that it needs. And she goes, so does this uh, give you an answer why I literally can't think? She's like, I literally have to write everything down. She's like, I'm driving in the car trying to send myself an email to remind myself of something that I thought of that I need to do because my memory is completely shot out. And I was like, yes, that is exactly the way that it's going to manifest. So it was very interesting because yes, did she have something actually going on in her hands? But when we dug deeper, there was an emotional layer, there was a vascular layer, and there was a lymphatic layer. And when it comes to the lupus and the weakening of the tissue in her hands, this is something that was actually tied emotionally. And this was not just based off of my conversation with her. This was also based on some of the testing that she did with you. So I'm going to let you just kind of elaborate further on how the heck does stress, emotions, and all of that play into us potentially manifesting rheumatoid arthritis symptoms? You want with rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or? <clears throat> Let's just, because one of the things that we talked about too is that. I'll kind of just give a brief overall. Yes. But I know that the <clears throat> symptoms or the emotions are going to vary based off of the areas of the body that give the person the most trouble. So this person specifically, Damn. it was her hands yeah. and it was literally a weakening of her hands. And I'll let you explain it. And then I'll give the feedback of what she actually ended up telling me. Cool. It's, it's, it's fun in our office because I, a lot of times don't know anything uh, about the patient I'm working For a with. Reason. Um, <laughs> Cause that way I'm not like trying to put my own, I guess, perceptions on of what could be happening and have my own biases. Uh, because you do testing. You yep. know, one of the <clears throat> things that Dr. Nick does in the office is diagnostic. So he doesn't want to create a bias to alter the results um, by knowing the patient. Exactly. And with uh, the testing that I do is it's a type of muscle testing uh, called autonomic response testing. And then kind of even taken that uh, a step a little further by just challenging uh, different pathways and mm -hmm. the different systems. So it's like with our hand pain, I, you know, typically challenge that against, you know, different chemicals, whether it's microorganisms, toxins that could be in there and, and trying to figure out how the body can detoxify that, whether it's you know, trying to find a binder like Corella or zeolite or something like that, or maybe it's an antimicrobial, you know, an antiparasitic or, you know, trying to figure out what's going to combat that. Um, but then understanding that every single system of the body works together, uh, you can also challenge it and make, is there energetic stress that's being held in here? Is there any physical stress? And then challenging that against like, well, what's actually going to negate that stress? Almost like in the thought process of like a, how a homeopathy works. You know, it's like you, you have this energy here and we want to diffuse it or balance it out. So what energy can we actually put in place to really um, balance out? the the polarization uh, of the energy and kind of going back to what i said originally it's like the body doesn't care what stress is but the biggest stress to the body is a lack of movement a lack of motion uh mm -hmm. like when you go down to the most simplest form of anything it's like you have an atom and you have energy um you can get into the quanta if you really want to get that deep mm -hmm. side tangent nope we're not doing it <laughs> but really it's like when when the when the shit hits the fan <laughs> is 
when things stop moving. And that's when we have our symptoms. And the things can stop moving, like the lymph, because the lymph's stagnant, the lymph's stressed out, it can't work. Um, same thing with blood flow. When blood flow's not working, we have cold fingers, cold hands, lack of oxygen, lack of nutrients to the brain. But when it comes to emotions, emotions are energy too. And when they're balanced, they can move freely to come into the body, into the field, into the mind, and out. We're not holding on to that emotion because we're not having a reaction to it. And when we do have these reactions, it's because we're perceiving an event, whether it's externally or internally, and we're holding on to that emotion. And when we hold on to that emotion, it's stagnant energy. And when you look at Chinese um, methods, is that they found that different emotions are held for the most part uh, in different organ systems, mm -hmm. which I found to be fairly accurate. It's not always 100%. Nothing's 100% uh, black and white in the world. Um, but when it comes to the hands, yeah, it's a lot of like I'm holding on to things. And the great part about it is it's not like I'm not a therapist. I'm not like taking them through. I'm like, well, what are you holding on to in life, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm really just having – you know, I'm showing a little bit of empathy, but really not too much because it's just a story. You know, it's it's actually the crazy part about it is it's not true. It's the perception of the reality is what they're holding on to. So you're helping figure out what that perception is and you're doing it through muscle testing. Mm -hmm. So for the muscle testing, you're just challenging, you know, the different things are they holding on to. Is it something in their own life? Is it something in family's life? Is it something in work? So you're really getting down so you can bring because they're not aware of it. If they were aware of it, having that clarity, they could make a decision and, you know, fix it and move on. Mm -hmm. So really what this is doing is it's bringing the information that the body's holding on to with the subconscious knows and you're muscle testing that subconscious, seeing if the nervous system is going to have a reaction. If it does have a reaction, then we can utilize that, bring that literally emotion from the subconscious mind that the body's holding on to up to the conscious mind. And when it's in the conscious mind, then we can actually pretty much balance out that polarization through seeing the benefits, the drawbacks, how it served us, how it was a disservice to us, how it served somebody else, mm -hmm. how it was a disservice to somebody else. And when you balance out all those possibilities, you really see that it was it was just a benefit as it was a drawback. And from there it's just how we utilize it. You know, are we gonna are we gonna utilize it to service or are we gonna utilize it to keep us stagnant in life? Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of the pain that we get in the hands is that we're, we're holding on to these things, and it's keeping us stagnant. It's not allowing us to move forward. Yeah. That was a very long-winded <laughs> explanation I just of that. blacked out. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of circling back, though, is this was uh, a woman who was also going through a very significant um, time that she was dealing with a lot of um, different things coming up with her her father. So um, so this was something that, you know, she kind of felt like she moved on from and there was just recent events that were coming to the surface that she was doing her best to cope with and deal with. But she was holding a lot of space for um, for the different events and stress as well as, um, you know, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment towards towards him for some of the things going on. Stress is the biggest killer. Yeah, and I think that that's just like the point of bringing this up is that I don't know if we've ever worked with a 
infla- or uh, I should say an, an inflammatory case, like an autoimmune inflammatory case, especially when it comes to rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, lupus, that did not have an emotional layer. And again, like Dr. Nick said, it might be in their conscious mind that they're like, oh, yeah, I hate my dad or my sister sucks or whatever the case may be. But then there's a lot of people that are like, well, that's from my past. I don't think about that. I've, I feel like I've moved on. You know, my life is very different now. But they don't realize that, you know, the the trauma that they went through can be stored in their in their tissues as well as be, you know, continually stress systems of the body. And, and it's like that stagnant energy just really allows a great opportunity for infections and these things. Uh, it makes you more vulnerable. Yeah, to come join the party. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, for those of you listening that are kind of like, I don't get it, you know, is that really even a possibility? You know, the easiest way that I can explain, you know, this emotional and even energetic layer to people is, you know, when you meet someone, some people are like, whoop, don't ever want to hang out with them again. Like, no, not a good vibe. And then there's other people you meet that you're like, oh my gosh, I love them. I can't wait to see them again. Like me. <laughs> yes. Um, and all that is, is a transfer of energy. And if you're the person that, Everybody calls when they have a problem and you're constantly listening and giving advice. And then your friend that talked to you and kind of dumped all their stress gets off the phone feeling amazing and you feel like crap. That's because you pretty much pretty much absorbed all of their you know, emotion, stress at that moment. So there are many people that I feel like I personally work with and I can relate to it from a personal level that, you know, end up being those those people that are the, the listeners. They're the ones that are always giving advice and everybody comes to them when they have an issue and want to talk. And if you're that person, chances are you're holding space for a lot of energy that's not yours and you potentially are being weighed down and even having that stress your physical body. So that's something that took me a long time to learn as a physician. And I just, once I learned it and understood it and also went through my own healing process with it, I realized that this was a huge, huge part of the puzzle that is being missed in conventional medicine. So at the end of the day, you know, for this specific person that we're talking about, this is not about her having to go through therapy and doing all of these, you know, really elaborate things. Um, One of the things that she, we specifically did with her is help her to kind of work on clearing some of the energy that she was holding through, um, acupuncture. And that was, we actually have a, a, a technology that I call it like digital acupuncture. Uh, it's called a bioscan, but, um, but overall the same, the foundation of it is acupuncture and acupuncture. When people go and get it done, some of them are like, Oh my gosh, I feel amazing. And other people are like, acupuncture is not even a real thing. It doesn't work. And that's because some people have an energetic meridian problem and some people don't. So it depends on what your problem is of what therapies are going to be the best. Mm-hmm. And if you are the person who has rheumatoid arthritis that has gone and gotten blood work and you have had um, positive rheumatoid factor, maybe you was, you've also had um, an elevated CRP or SED rate, which are all inflammatory markers, and maybe you even had a positive HLA B27. So the funny thing is, is that when you're talking about some of these different markers, the, specifically the HLA marker, this is called human leukocyte antigen. And I think it's really important to like break down what that actually means. Because if you actually Google <laughs> um, human leukocyte antigen, it pretty much says like that that part of the immune cells are in charge of combating 
foreign uh, invaders like viruses, bacteria, parasites, fung or um, um, yeast, things like that. And then when you look at other markers in that same family, this is how we diagnose celiac. Um, this is also part of the inflammatory markers for autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis and ankylosing spondylitis. So the point of me saying this is that the HLA component of our immune system is geared towards getting rid of bad stuff, killing off these foreign invaders. So if this is connected to how we diagnose autoimmune inflammatory conditions, doesn't it make sense that when we have this inflammatory condition, it's because our immune system is fighting off a foreign invader in that tissue? So with that being said is, again, every person's body is really different. Some people, maybe they're having this weakening of tissue because of an emotional piece, but then there's a lot of people that are actually dealing with a physiological issue. And if you have something in the tendons, ligaments, connective tissue of your hands, that your immune system is coming to the scene to get rid of it, and I will talk about what that is, then you could potentially have a breakdown of that tissue, which looks like lupus, or you can have a massive inflammatory response, which is what we call rheumatoid arthritis. So these are all other factors to consider. And it's very interesting because if you actually look at the all the symptoms of mold toxicity and you also look at all of the symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis, you will find that they almost look identical. And that is because um, mold, the type of uh, molecule that it is, is it has a tendency to go or has an affinity for small joints of the body. So it has a tendency to get into the joints of the hands as well as the feet. And again, this can easily be confused with rheumatoid arthritis. If you're having problems in more of your larger joints, this is actually where a lot of strep Yes, strep throat, it's not always in your throat, it can get into your joints, but strep and Borrelia, which is the bacteria associated with Lyme disease. So if you're having a ton of problems with your knees or your hips or your shoulders, this can easily be associated with strep and it can also be associated with Lyme. Don't get me wrong, there are other infections that have an affinity for joints, but these are two of the most common and two of the most uh, researched. So again, for those of you listening, thinking strep in a joint, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <clears throat> What's fascinating is um, one of the softwares that we use in our office that's um, for our records, like all of our medical records for our patients, um, it, all of the diagnosis codes for patients are programmed in there. So I have to go through and choose the diagnosis codes that are appropriate for the patient. So when I was typing in, I typed in strep to see all of the diagnosis codes so I could choose the appropriate one. There were like 50 different types of diagnosis codes that were associated with strep in the joints. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating mm -hmm. because this is something that people are like, yeah, yeah, that, that's not possible. That's not a real thing. And it is 100% a real thing. So really when it comes down to everything that we're saying is we're trying to open the door to understand that it's, it's not one thing. 
It's not black and white. It's not black and white. There is so much gray in medicine. Very rarely do people fit the textbook definition of the diagnosis. And this is what allows us to feel very powerless. Because if you have all of the symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis and then you go get the blood test and they say, well, technically you don't have it. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're anxious. You should probably just, you know, take an antidepressant or just take a bunch of Advil because nobody, we don't really know what's causing it. Then that leaves us really powerless and really hopeless. And then we just kind of keep rolling with our lives, not really realizing that we need to make a change because we don't know that we should make a change. And then all of a sudden, it's a couple of years later, and now you do have full-blown rheumatoid arthritis. And now your only option is to go on an immunosuppressant, which, what, which are called biologics. So the way the system is designed is there's a lot of... There's a lot of flaws in looking at the body to be super linear and separating out all of our systems because when it comes down to talking about how lack of blood supply could be ca- to your brain could be causing your issues with your joints or a congested lymphatic system can be causing you issues with your joints your lymphatic system is looked at by an immunologist. Your brain is looked at by a neurologist. Your cardiovascular system is looked at by a cardiologist. And then your joints and your inflammatory condition is looked at by a rheumatologist. Nobody's talking to each other. Nobody's piecing the puzzle together. Nobody's looking at you as a full integration of systems. So this is where we run into trouble because we're not connecting the dots, and then we end up on a boatload of medications that are all trying to deal with separate problems. I'm doing air quotes currently for those of you listening. <laughs> separate problems that are actually all connected. And it's just people don't understand that there's layers too. Like yes, and and it's timing with once, the healing once process. Once you heal one, then we got to figure out like. We have a foundational layer, and we have this, mm-hmm. and you have the topping. At the topping. <laughs> but, well, I think that just kind of circling this back to give an example is this specific woman that we're talking about. So she came up, okay, she's having a vascular component that is not allowing her um, circulation to be good to her brain and her hands and her feet. So we got vascular. But we have a vascular piece. But at the end of the day, when we look at the bigger picture, her lymphatic system being so congested and overloaded was what was causing the circulation issue. So for us to be like, let's fix your circulatory system and not address the lymphatic system, we're not going to get anywhere. So it goes back to what you're saying. It's about looking at the body as a whole looking at what the foundational problem is. And if you can fix the foundation, chances are a lot of the effects go away, aka a lot of the symptoms go away. But if there is something that doesn't go away, then you're able to be like, okay, let's let's fix this next layer. And for her, it's like, you know, um, emotion was her foundation. That was affecting her mm-hmm. meridians, which was energetic. So we did the acupuncture bioscan on her. Uh, that helped the foundation, and then we can work on the lymph, which was affecting the blood flow. So you work on the lymph, and then after that, then you can work on the blood flow, and then all is good in the hood. Good in the hood. <laughs> so again, there it's really about getting the right testing, but it's also about strategy. And when it comes to the healing process, we definitely need strategy because our bodies are also different, and everybody's needs are completely different. And being able to, you know 
you if you work on the foundational problems, you can easily resolve a slew of different symptoms. Um, and I think that's what's the most exciting about what we do is being able to dig deeper and be like, you know what, there might be a lot of different things going on, but here's your here's your root. And here's the the biggest thing that we need to work on right now to really start resolving some of your symptoms. Awesome. <laughs> so the couple of things to take away from today is that rheumatoid arthritis is not necessarily super linear and it's not just about do you have the elevated markers and if you don't then you know you don't have rheumatoid arthritis and you don't have to worry about it if you're having a lot of pain in your body and a lot of inflammation you need to look at a couple of things you need to look at you know are there different emotional things that you are holding on to that you're harboring or people that you haven't forgiven in your life that you know still affect you? Is there, you know, different toxins or foreign invaders that potentially you've been exposed to? Have you had a ton of strep as a kid and you do, did you get your tonsils remo- removed? Do you still find that you get swollen glands a lot? You know, do you um, notice that you potentially have a lot of sinus issues? Maybe there's mold at your job. Maybe there's mold in your um, in your home. Um, and also the thing with mold is it's not just about our environment. It's about what we eat. Um, blue cheese, it's blue because it's moldy. (laughs) A lot of our grains like wheat, um, are covered in mold through the growing process. And maybe going back, maybe she wasn't supposed to give her kids that peanut butter. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. It was supposed to be almond butter or something Uh. else. So peanuts, um, coffee, which a lot of us are doing on a day-to-day basis, uh, wine from the U.S. especially has a lot of fungus. Um, and then, am I missing any? Oh, there's tons, but that's those the, are yeah. those are probably the foundation. So it's all the good stuff that we all really like to eat. But um, <clears throat> so mold is definitely something to be highly considered. And then you know the other piece of it is make sure that you know you've completely ruled out that Lyme is part of the puzzle because that is something that unfortunately a lot more people have in their bodies that they do not realize. Right. So, so definitely don't, you know, sit back and feel, you know, like there is something that you're making it up or there's, it's in your head when you feel a certain way, but your tests are not revealing it because a lot of times there are limitations with the traditional tests that we have and it also can keep us very powerless. So it's about digging deeper, using more of an integrative approach so you can look at all of the body systems. I like it. I like that Nick just gets to a point that he's just like, all right, you take the show here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, guys. So if you have uh, specific questions about how we work with these different inflammatory conditions, including rheumatoid arthritis, Definitely hop on a strategy call with our client care team. You can access the link on our website, integratedwellnessgroup.com. But uh, we're going to be really honing in on all inflammatory things this month. So we have more to come and we'll see you next week. 